Would you stand with me in the reading of God's word this morning? We're going to read, this has just kind of been to me, one of the main parts of the scriptures when it comes to whisper. Will you start with me, whisper? It's my last ser- uh, sermon in this series, but I think it's a very, very important uh, part of this series, what I'm going to share on today. On three, we're going we're gonna to read the scripture on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three, go and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Look at your neighbor right now and just ask him, what are you doing here? It's a good thing to ask. It's a good thing to ask yourself, what are, you, what are you doing here today? Let's pray as we dive into the word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is, it remains forever. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We thank you that your word speaks because it is alive. And we ask, God, for the transforming power of your word today. Holy Spirit, breathe on your word Add to us, take away from us, let us become more like you, Jesus. And everyone said, you can be seated. The loud noise of the rocks and the wind and the fire and the earthquake, it was loud, it was noisy, it was windy, but the Lord was not in any of those things. The Bible says, then the whisper, the Lord was in the whisper. That whisper is so important for us to hear as believers. God wants his sons and daughters to hear his voice. Sometimes you have to quieten the, 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 the crazy noise in your head and in your soul, all the noise in the world to even tap in to the whisper, the sound that's above all the other sounds. Every sound in this world seems to want to muffle the voice of God, and God wants to get your attention. He got Elijah's attention that day. I'm pretty sure he got his attention with an earthquake and with fire and with, but he wasn't any of those things. But he drew him out to the edge of the cave and he began to whisper. God wants to reveal to you, to his sons and daughters, through the whisper, your identity. He wants to remind you of who you are. He wants to, through the whisper, he wants to remind you of who he is, your father, your advocate, the one who leads you into all truth, the the spirit of truth, the, the one that will never leave you nor forsake you. I think through the whisper, he reveals who he is. He reveals who you are. He also speaks to your vision and your destiny in your life. He also speaks to your future. In this case, he spoke to Elijah in a very crucial moment. Elijah had done great and mighty exploits for God. 
Elijah had been used to, 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 to stop the heavens from raining. And three and a half years later, it rained. God used him to call out the false prophets of Baal. God used him to challenge the people of Israel. Whom will you serve? God used him in all these cases. And yet after God used him to slay the, 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 the false prophets of Baal, he gets a letter. Jezebel calls him on the carpet and he begins to run for his life and you find him under a tree and he's depressed and hopeless and even suicidal. I mean, Elijah, he's suicidal and, 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 and then before you know it, he's in a cave. God gets his attention. He calls him out of the cave and God wants to call you and draw you out of your cave today because he wants to speak to your future. I believe that Elijah thought, I'm done. I'm finished. This is it. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm tired of the warfare. When you sign up for Jesus, you sign up for war. If you don't believe that, you need to believe today. You need to pop your head out of the sand and understand when you sign up for Jesus, you sign up for war. He was in a war for his life and he was hopeless. He was depressed. God calls him. He draws him out of the cave. And then he says, I'm not done with you yet. I got great purpose. doesn't matter how old you are, Elijah. You might think you're done, but you're not done. I want you to go anoint Hazel. I want you to anoint uh, 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 Jehu. I want you to anoint a prophet in your place, Elisha. And Elisha saw him go up in the world ruin. And his cloak fell upon him, and Elisha walked away with a double portion anointing of Elijah. He did double the amount of miracles of Elijah. And it all was because, you know what? He was about to give in, but he kept on pressing in, and God still used him. He speaks to our future. He speaks to our future. He speaks to our future. The whisper comes and speaks to your future so that you would not live always in the past. You would not live uh, in, in the worries of yesterday, but he speaks to your future. You know why? Because each and every one of you, you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right you're somewhere huh? in the future and you look much better than you do right you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do some of you you need to hear that not just a cool little rhyme but you are somewhere in the future Elijah you are somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. Amen. It's exactly true. The whisper comes to speak to your future and your destiny and who you are and who God is. Hebrews 1.1 says this, long ago, God spoke many times in many ways. He, another translation says he speaks in various ways. God just doesn't always speak the way that I'm talking to you. You're going to miss it if you think you're waiting for him to only speak this way. He speaks in various ways and many ways. He speaks, it says this, in many ways to our ancestors through prophets. I told you weeks ago he speaks through doors. He opens doors. He shuts doors. If he shuts a door, get ready. 
because he can open another door. If he opens a door, he can shut a door. Sometimes he shuts a door and we freak out, but get ready. He might be ready to open a door in order to get you where he needs you to get. He speaks through doors. He speaks through the word of God. God doesn't speak to me, J.O. He speaks to you every time you read his word. I don't care if you're reading the genealogy in Leviticus. He will speak to you because his word is alive. It's spot on. It's perfect. It's a light unto my path. He speaks if you read. If you read the word, he's going to speak to you. He speaks through our pain. Just ask Job. You want to get somebody's attention? Just hit them in the mouth. Now, don't never do that. <laughs> don't go away. Uh, Pastor J.O. told me to hit you in your mouth. I'm just trying to make a point. My point is pain has a way of getting your attention. Emotional pain, physical pain. I'm not saying that God created all the pain that you're going through. That's not my... That's not what I'm trying to, to discuss today. I'm, I'm trying to say that God uses pain to get our attention. God uses pain. Thank God. Pain is a, it's a gift. Pain got me out of hell. Pain got me out of a crazy steroid addiction, man, the life that I was living in. Through the pain. He speaks through pain. He speaks through desires. He will give you a desire, and then he will give you the desire. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He puts a desire in your heart, and he gives you that desire, and he can speak through desires. Well, one of the classic ways, beautiful ways that God speaks to us is through one another. He speaks through his saints. He speaks through me. He speaks through you. He speaks through each and every one of us. If you will allow him to, he will speak to you. He will speak through you. Can you imagine if everyone in this room all of a sudden, you had the faith to believe that God would use you and speak through you. I'm telling you, we will change Coeur d'Alene and we will change our world because that, that's what my prayer is today. Faith arise in your heart that God would use you, that God can speak through you. He does, and he wants to. We need the church. We need one another. Look at your, your neighbor right now and say, I need you. Look at another neighbor and say, you need me. Look at one more neighbor and say, we need each other. We do. God uses the body of Christ. He uses each and every one of us. You may not like always what happens in church because we're family. But I want to let you know that you need the church. I need the church. Why is there a war against the church? Because the enemy wants to destroy the church. I'm here to tell you, we need one another. C.S. Lewis, I find it so interesting why C.S. Lewis went to church. You would think, well, he went to church because it's just... He just pumped, pumped to go to, listen to C.S. Lewis while he went to church. Said this, wasn't for the songs. He thought it was fifth-rate poems 
set to sixth-rate music. I'm like, C.S. Lewis need to come to Heart of the City Church, man. <laughs> he does. Not because he loved sermons. Not because he liked people. Lewis went to church because he believed that if he didn't, he would fall into something he called solitary conceit. He knew that, he, that we aren't designed to make it on our own. Just think about Tom Hanks on the island and how weird you can get on your own. <laughs> I'm out on the island by myself and all of a sudden I'm, oh, volleyball. Let me put a face on the volleyball. I'm going to call you my little buddy Wilson. Okay? You want to know a weirder island than that? Here's the next weirder island than the, 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 the castaway island he was on. The island is when you get all alone, you separate yourself, and you get on the island of Facebook. And you write things that you would never, ever say in public. Listen, you need to watch your words. Radian and I was listening to the ministry this week, and the gentleman was saying, behind every word is a spirit. What comes out of your mouth? What spirit are you operating in? Life and death is in the power of a tongue. Are you operating in the spirit of life? Are you operating in the spirit of death? Are you operating from a spirit of joy and, and heaven and the spirit, the, the, the fruit of the spirit? Are you, are you killing people with your tongue and condemning and, and, and guilt and shame? Every word that comes out of your mouth has a spirit. What is your spirit? I, I, I know that Jesus, he, you know what he came with? He came to give us life and life more abundant. And that's the spirit that you and I should operate in. Amen. I used to love to play pinball. Did anybody else play pinball? Man, I grew up on pinball, man. Hauser's pool. I thumbed in the pool, play pinball, shoot pool, you foosball. But I love playing pinball. Pinball, my, one of my favorites was the little pinball with, with the weird little clowns. Y'all remember that one? Some of you aren't old enough to remember the little clowns and you just got to hit those clowns and maybe get an extra ball and then all of a sudden the game's over and you match it pops and then all of a sudden you you win a game and I put my quarter up on there I'm waiting for the next game I just like to play pinball but to me pinball is a bit like church because you bump into each thing and you get points and it's like we just bump into one another we bump into each other's anointing I bump into you, you need something from me. I, I, I bump into you, I need something from you. All of a sudden I bump into someone administrative and, and God knows I need administrators and, and, and somebody prophetic and pastoral and, and all the, a businessman and we just bump into one another. Can you imagine uh, the most boring pinball game would be just you as a metal ball and nothing else. No bumpers, no clowns, no music, no flashing lights, no winning, no matching. And occasionally I would get like ticked and I tilt. <laughs> Do you ever tilt it? Do any of y'all ever tilt it? God, God, she's just got, man, I lost my ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but sometimes we, 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 you know, pinball is a lot like church. We need one another. How many of you know how many people it took to put the first man on the moon approximately over four, around 400,000 people 
For approximately 400,000 people it took to put the first man on the moon. We need one another. We need the body of Christ. If you are the fingers, listen, don't be walking around like this. We need your fingers. Come on. If you're a voice, if you're an ear, if you're a kneecap, come on, whatever you are, we need the body of Christ. God wants to use you. He wants to, listen to me, my, my prayer is that you, faith would arise in your heart that God wants to speak to you and through you. You, you wait all the time for someone to come to encourage you. You wait all the time for someone to give you the word of the Lord. What if God is waiting for you to give the word of the Lord? This week, how many of you know that when you do sign up for Jesus, you sign up for war? And you know, sometimes I'm in a war, war personally and so forth and so on. And I just, this week I said, I'm going to call my big brother in the Lord. And I called him up, told him a situation. And he immediately, I heard the voice of the Almighty. All of a sudden, he gives me a verse. All of a sudden, I just know that I know that I know that I'm not just hu hearing human. I know that I called the right person at the right time, and I'm hearing the voice of God. And guess what? It's coming through a human being. It's coming through my same big brother in the Lord. I know his voice. I know how he talks. I know his, his personality and he's funny and what have you. But I know also all of a sudden I hear God. I knew the strategy. I knew what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Right then in a moment of time, I heard God, guess, guess what, through another human being. God wants his sons and daughters to be his voice in this day and time. God wants to put faith in your heart that God speaks to you and God speaks through you. Listen to this story. A fellow was stuck on his rooftop in a flood. He was praying to God for help. Soon a man in a rowboat came by the, the fellow, shouted to him on the roof, jump in. I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God. He's going to save me. So the robot, rowboat went on. Then a, 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 a motorboat came by. The, the fellow in the motorboat shouted, jump in. I can save you. And this, the stranded man said, no, thanks. I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. I have faith. Then a helicopter came by and the pilot shouted down, grab the rope, I'll lift you up to safety. To the stranded man, again replied, no thanks, I'm praying to God, he's going to save me, I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. Soon the waters rose above the, the rooftop and the man drowned. He went to heaven, he finally got his chance to discuss the whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed i had faith in you but you didn't save me you let me drown i don't understand why to this god replied i sent you a rowboat a motorboat and a helicopter what more did you expect <laughs> god uses man 
God uses man. He uses his sons and his, and his daughters, and he wants to use you. Even, even in the writing of the Bible, do you not think that God could not write out 66 books and leather bound it and do it all himself? Would not be called King James, be called King God version? Come on, somebody. Could he not do that with his finger? I mean, he wrote out the Ten Commandments with his finger. You know what he chose to do? He chose to use 40 writers throughout different countries over centuries of time to write one book called the Bible with one author. His name is God, but God chose to use man. He wants to use you. He wants to use each and every one of us, not just three or four, not the person to the left or in front of you, or he wants to use you. He wants to give you ears to hear, and he wants to, you to be the voice for him. The Bible says in 2 Peter, it says 1, 20 through 21, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from prophet's own understanding. The understanding, the words didn't come from man, but he used man. And from human uh, initiative, no, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Listen to the scripture here, 2 Timothy 2.21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor. God wants you and I to be vessels of honor. Cleansed from the latter, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. He wants you and I, everyone in this room, to be prepared for his work. Vessels of honor for every good work. Here's the problem. Things get in our vessel. Stop us up. All of a sudden, you're a vessel and you love Jesus, but fear. It's like, I can't pray for that person. I I could, I could never be a voice for God. I'm not really hearing from God. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the very enemy of faith, fear, is upon you. And, and you're, you're, you're spiritually constipated. You can't move. There's no movement in you. You're stuck. You're a vessel, but you're a plugged up vessel. <laughs> he wants to be, you to be a vessel of honor for every good work a vessel is poured into a vessel is poured out of he pours into you he wants to pour out of you he wants to speak into you he wants to speak out of you he wants to preach in you preach out of you heal in heal out come on somebody he wants you to be a vessel of honor for every good work it's not for your sake it's for his sake nathan was like this to david david was all jacked up man should have been out fighting a war. He's on a housetop, being all weird. <laughs> Hooks up with a chick. She gets pregnant. He puts a dude out on the front line. He gets killed. Woo! Thought, hey, it's undercover, man. Dude's dead. God sees. He sees everything. He sees everything. He sees. He's the God that sees. And he, he sends Nathan to David. And, and David begins to just to be rebuked. How many know that a good rebuke occasionally is a wonderful thing? Amen. No, seriously. 
flatter you all day long is not going to get you to where you want, where God wants you to be. Sometimes a good rebuke. Well, I've been rebuked. I've been rebuked by my pastor. I've been rebuked by an evangelist. I've been rebuked by my friend. I want to tell you right now, a good rebuke will stick with you. Oh, he rebuked me. I got to leave the church. Now I'm just offended. Well, you ain't never going to change. And you go from just like, just like the, the, the little hoppy bunny, you're going to hop from one church to another. Come on. It's okay to get rebuked sometime in love in a proper way. Nathan rebuked David, and it changed his life forever. May God speaks through man. God spoke from, from, from Esther to the king. Changed the, changed the whole nation, saved the whole people group, the, Jew, the Jewish nation. He, he, he spoke from Mordecai to Esther. Maybe you're called for such a time as this, Esther. He spoke to Elijah to Elijah. And Elijah became a man who had a double portion of anointing of Elijah. Maybe it's Paul to Timothy. Man, I tell you, God speaks. He wants to speak not just to those in the Bible. Come on. He wants to speak to you and through you to others. Believe me, God speaks to man. He speaks through man. And he's not stopped doing that right now. Just put your name in it. Whatever your name is, God wants to speak through you to others to impact the world around us. Listen to this scripture. This is a very familiar scripture, and we see it as a scripture. We read it as the Bible. We read it as a Bible verse, and it's all of those things. But listen to how it began. Listen to the scripture. 2 Timothy 1.7, a father in the Lord, Paul, to a son in the Lord, Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we would know that as 2 Timothy 1.7. We would know that as a Bible. We would know that as scripture, holy, holy scripture, a verse. But do you know how it began? It began a letter from a caring father in the Lord to a son in the Lord who obviously struggled To us, it's a verse. To Timothy, it was an exhortation. To us, it's scripture. To Timothy, it might have been just a little kick in the pants to bring transformation. Did it have any, did this verse impact Timothy's life? I think it could have. Fear means things like timid, coward, lacking of grit. Man, if I said something like that in the church sometimes today to an individual, it'd be like, I'm just going to another church, J.O. Whenever, when we receive these verses, when we receive from another brother or sister, it can change our life. If we don't get our all wound up and offended, well, what happened with, with, with Timothy? Did Timothy always stay timid? Did, was he always fearful? Well, do you know how Timothy died? Timothy died at the age of 80 years old. Tradition says that the way that he died was this, can, imagine this, picture this, Timothy, 80 years old, and he's going out however he looked. I don't mean to pick on nobody. <laughs> 
I know how I feel at 53. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry if that's offensive. I don't, I'm just trying to give you a picture of what Timothy may have looked like at 80, right? So he goes out and he goes out and he stands against a pagan parade. Does that sound timid to you? Does that sound cowardly to you? The dude's 80 years old, man. There's a pagan parade in town, and this brother's going to stop it. 80 years. I believe 2 Timothy 1.7, a letter from his father in the Lord. That prophetic voice, that exhortation could have changed Timothy's life. You know what happened with Timothy? He's out there trying to stop this pagan parade. They took him. They dragged him off. And they martyred him, dead. He died a martyr's hero's death. That's anything but cowardly at 80 years old. I, I, I sing this song last night. I sing it today. And I want to sing it over you just for a minute. It's old school. But it goes something like this. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my mouth, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You know, that's for every person in this room. He wants to use every, not the person in front of you or behind you, and you who's kind of nodding off, he wants to use you. Paul writes to the church of Corinth concerning God using and speaking through his saints. He says this, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Listen to this real close. The whole chapter is full of giftings and different parts of the body, etc. And God using the different giftings inside of you. But he says this, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one. Let me, let me, let's talk about that for a minute. The manifestation of the Spirit. What is manifestation really? What is a manifestation? Let me give you an example of a manifestation. If Jesus right now, we know that he's here by Spirit. If Jesus right now shows up on this stage in bodily form, that is a manifestation. You follow me? Okay. So it says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Each one of you have the man of, you are born again of the Spirit. The Spirit of the living God lives inside of you. I hope you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He wants to pour through you his power. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Why? For the profit of all. He doesn't want to empower you to empower you. He wants to empower you, speak through you to prophet someone else to encourage someone else to bless someone else he wants to heal through you he wants to save through you. he wants to speak through you he wants to pray through you he wants to prophesy through you he wants to use you the body of christ for the prophet of all i remember years ago someone allowed god to speak through them we were just barely getting to know this guy named tracy armstrong Tracy Armstrong was a young guy. I met him at a Mario, Mario Marilla conference. 
And we invited him to this thing called SnowQuest. Radian and I, we work with all the youth and young adults at Capital Christian Center in Meridian area. And we had this SnowQuest up at kind of outside of McCall and Cascade and invited this guy in Donnelly, actually, I think it was. Tracy Armstrong, we're thinking he's coming to minister to the youth. He gets up, and the Lord begins to download in and through him. And he says, someone in this room has been diagnosed with cancer. No one moves. It's in the female organ. It was my wife. She's been diagnosed with breast cancer. And she stood up, and she got a word from the Lord that totally changed her life. And changed my life. But what if Tracy just. Just keep silent. I'm going to step. Let me tell you right now. Anytime you're going to be the voice of God for God. It's risky. It's risky. It's, there's, 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 there's challenges involved. But listen to me. What is the beautiful reward when you speak? When you know you're hearing from God and you speak and it changes someone else's life. I've seen this over and over. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't want to toot my horn. I just want to tell you the story that just recently happened to me. Back in the summer, I felt like I heard the word of the Lord for this dude that he was going to write a book. And I'm like, I know this guy. I don't know him well. I don't sit around and think about the dude. I just felt like I heard from God he was going to write a book. So I'm, I'm supposed to go to this event that I think he's going to be at. I go to the event. He doesn't show up. He doesn't come to the event. That's fine. I kind of put it on the shelf. But I saw the guy at youth camp. He was at youth camp. And I walked up to him after a gathering. He was sitting in the back of the very hot sanctuary. I'm talking about hot. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. And I walk up to him. I says, hey, man. I said, I felt like the Lord told me that you're going to write a book, a book on worship, and I think it's going to be about prophetic worship. And I think it was the, his youth pastor's wife beside him started grinning. And anyway, he's in the same cabin with me, and that night he comes in and he says, Jail, thank you for that word. He says, I am writing a book, and it is on worship. It's on Davidic worship. I was like, Wow, that did two things for me. First of all, for me, jail, you're hearing from the Lord. Boop. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Just want to be a donkey. Just want to be a donkey. Come on. Number two, he was really encouraged. Because he's like, man, I'm just, just writing this book of something else. Oh, my goodness. And he was encouraged that he was on the right track of doing what God wanted him to do. I want to finish with this scripture, Luke 2, 49. This is Jesus at 12 years old. Say this, 12 years old. If, he, if it's him at 12 years old, can you imagine? If you're 12, praise God. If you're under 12, praise God. If you're over 12, most of you. If he was doing it, we should be doing it. Look what Jesus says. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is what I'm talking about today, about being in your father's business. Maybe you need to get out of somebody else's business and get into the father's business. That's, wow. That's, that's just for free right there. 
That's for free. If you are a business owner, wonderful, do business, but do the father's business too. I'm telling you, your business is way more than 40, 50 hours hiring someone, making money, fire, firing. It's more than that. Be about the father's business. This year in school, young people, you got so blasted at camp. Come on, and blessed at camp. Be about your father's business. In, in college, maybe God wants to use you to rock the professor of philosophy who believes in about a hundred different things, but maybe not Jesus, and God just wants to rock his world through you. Why? Because you're about your father's business. Come on, God, let faith arise today. Jesus at 12 was, he wants to be in your life. He wants you to be about his father's business right now. Jay, 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 oh, Jay, Jay, Jay. I can't be a voice for God. You're not the first one to ever say that. There's an amazing book of the Bible, a prophet. His name is Jeremiah. Do you know that Jeremiah said the same thing? I can't speak for it. Let, let, let me read a little bit. God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Put your little name in there right now. J-O, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Wow, convicting. Before you were set apart, J-O, I set you apart. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet of the nations. Oh, so sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And God just begins to go off on him. You are not too young. Who you sin, I'm going to. Do not be scared of their faces. I'll give you the words. Moses, you don't think that I know you got a problem with stuttering, bro? Who made your tongue? Who made your eyes? I know exactly. I called you out, Moses, to send you back in. Listen, I know exactly who you are. He knows exactly. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Listen, he wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak through you. He wants you to be about his father's business. What a great time of the year for you to get a hold of the truth as we go into the fall to impact our city. That's going to impact our nation and impact possibly a nation like Honduras. We prayed for that today. Come on, God wants to use you. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? As you're standing, let me exhort you in this. This thing right here. Very, very powerful, very encouraging, and can be very discouraging. Paul spoke of this. I'm sorry, excuse me. James, just read James chapter 3. Hey, 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 cursings and blessings come out of the same. Your same mouth, your tongue, your... Can fresh water, salt water come out? Should not be so, brother. Why do you say that, J.O.? Because this, with the same tongue and the same mouth that you bring voice, you voice the word of God to someone and encourage them, you can discourage them. You can bring hope to someone and you can bring death to someone. You can lift someone up and you can tear them, shred them to pieces with this. God's giving you, he even says this, you can tame all the animals. You tame it with a bit. 
But you can't tell guys a thing like that. You can't tame that wildfire, that little rudder right there that rules the whole ship. I say that as you are a voice and you do encourage people, be very careful with your words. In the New Testament, prophecy is simple. It does three things. If you look at 1 Corinthians, it says this, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. Amen? Stay within there. Remember that one movie where that dude was teaching that guy how to dance? That, that white big dude, Will Smith. Keep it right here, man. Just keep it right here. <laughs> keep your word right here. Exhortation, comfort, encourage. Exhortation, comfort, encourage. Keep it right there, man. Keep it. Don't get all. No, no, no. Calm down. Calm down. Just keep it right here. Keep it right here. You got it? Amen.